This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. So that's what we're talking about in this series, Body Parts. We're talking about how each part of the body, which is last week we learned Rick taught us that the body is one person, us. The body is us. We are the body. We're the body of Christ. And, um, and, and I think about that. Rick talked about how that um, we are the body of Christ. And, and the Bible also t- tells us that we are like a body. Like Frank was just, I mean, uh, Don was just sharing that, um, you know, each, each body has an arm and a foot and an eye and those things. And each one of us is like a part of that. But the Bible also talks about, um, tells us that we are actually Christ's body here on earth. And so not only are we like a body, we actually are the body here on earth. And, um, you know, that's kind of scary sometimes when you think about that. I think about the movie uh, Freaky Friday. Anybody ever see that movie? There's two generations of that movie. An older generation is made like in the 60s, and then a newer one made a few years ago. And in the, in the movie Freaky Friday, that has, uh, it's a story about a mother and a daughter, and, and the mother is always saying to the daughter, oh, you have life so easy, you know. All you have to do is go to school and hang out with your friends, and then the daughter is always you know, was always telling the, the mom, you know, oh, you have it so easy. All you have to do is go to work and then you get paid and, and you can spend your money on anything you want and that kind of thing. And so there was like an envy thing back and forth. And by some kind of strange coincidence, they switch bodies, right? So the mom's inside the daughter's body and the daughter's inside the mom's body. And what's so funny is they, they, you know, one goes to work and the other one goes to school and, and the, and the daughter is acting like a mom at school, you know, and the, and the mom is acting like a, a kid at work. And, and, and so sometimes I think about the body of Christ being that way, because we are Christ's body here on earth. And I wonder how he looks at us sometimes when we're acting um, in different ways and how he feels about that. So we are the body of Christ, and we're talking about in this series how important it is to realize that each one of us, each believer, everyone who's placed their faith in Christ is a part of that body, and we are to work together. Um, and if you've ever been a part of an organization like a, um, a nonprofit organization or uh, where you work, your company, or a sports team, or something like that, part of a, an organization, they all have uh, detailed plans on how to accomplish whatever it is they've set out to, be, to do or be. If you're a part of a company or if you work for a store, they have goals, and they also have processes by which they want to meet those goals, whatever it might be, whether it be selling things or, or doing things or raising money or or if you're a sports team winning, everyone has a strategy. And the church is the same way. The church has a strategy too, and we call that the Bible. That's where we get our plan from as a church. The church has, the Bible has a, a plan for us as a church on how to operate and how to work together. And so that's what we're looking at. Um, in the, there's certain places in the, in the New Testament that talk about what the church is, and that's kind of some of the verses that we spent time looking at last week. And, but there's other places in the Bible where it talks about what the church is to be and how we're to work together, how we're to help one another. And so this morning we're kind of looking at uh, a section of Scripture that kind of helps us to understand how we work together as believers. Today we'll be looking at the second part of our uh, series called Body Parts. And the message today is called Vital Organs. Vital Organs. And as Jesus' body here on earth, we are all part of the body 
And uh, when you think about vital organs with this body, our physical body, we think about things like our brain, that's a vital part of our body, or our heart, you know, those kinds of things. And when these things break down, what do we, um, the, the earlier crowd got this wrong, but I'm going to ask you, when part of your vital organs break down, what do we call that? We call it disease. Thank you. The people in the other, other service, they said old age. They said we called it, I was like, that's not where I was going to go. You know, when, when, the, when the head breaks down, the hair breaks down, we call that old age, yes. But when, when I have heart disease, you know, something's wrong with my heart, we call it heart disease. Or if something's wrong with my kidneys, we call it kidney disease. Or when my brain's, you know, something's going wrong with that, we call it mental disease. And so that's what we call it in our physical bodies when, some, when part of the body doesn't work. We call it disease. Now, with the church, what do we call it when part of the church or part of the church body doesn't work? We call that normal. And that seems funny, but it's really not. You know, we just think that it's normal that part of Christ's body is not going to do its part. That it's going to be sitting on the sidelines. And there's a lot of different studies, and there's... Um, with companies, and a lot of, a lot of the times we, we take that and kind of apply it to the church and say it's the same thing. We learn a lot of things from um, business and that kind of thing. And there's a, a rule out there. It's called the 2080 rule in the, in the um, business world. And that rule says that 20% of the people will do 80% of the work. And a lot of church leaders have looked at that and said, hey, that seems like it's the same thing is true with the church. You know, you can kind of apply that same rule in the church that 20% of the people in the church do 80% of the work. And then we look at that and we say, well, that's just kind of the way it is. You know, it's always been that way, and, and that's kind of normal. That's what I mean by, you know, what do we call it in the church when, um, when, when, when the vital organs, some of them don't work? We just call that normal. We just, it's expected. But as we learned last week, a very important part um, of Rick's message last week is that the church is a body, not a business. The church is a body, not a business. Therefore, if you, if you had a business, if you owned a business, a store or something, or some kind of um, business where you were involved in making money, and you had someone who didn't work, who didn't do their job, what would you do? You would fire them. That's right. In the church, that's not an option. You can't fire people just because they're not doing their part. Because we're all a part of one another, the Bible gives us a plan for rather than firing people or getting rid of people um, because we're a body, not a business, the Bible has a plan on um, encouraging those people, teaching those people, and, and trying to get them involved in serving in the body somewhere to do their part. Part of that is what Don just did a little while ago. But also, um, as I was studying this week, it's not in your notes, but I thought about a verse in Hebrews chapter 10. And that verse says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And so as we're, uh, as a part of the body, we're to act and think and, and try to encourage other people to find their place in ministry. And it says to encourage them to love and good works. And so that's kind of what this series is all about, is to encourage you to find your place in ministry and serve God and work together with other people. Now, the Bible doesn't count, doesn't think it's normal that people should uh, become a part of a body, body you know, p- place their faith in Christ and trust him for salvation and then be, become part of that body and then not do anything. And so in Romans chapter 12, Paul writes this. 
Verse 6 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches, in teaching. He who exhorts, in exhortation. He who gives, with liberality. He who leads, with diligence. And he who shows mercy, with cheerfulness. And for this study, that for, our, for our time together this morning, we're really not going to have time to get in-depth on what spiritual gifts are or what, they, what each spiritual gift is. But um, I teach a class called Discovering My Ministry, and in that class we spend about 45 minutes to an hour each time we do that class going over what all the spiritual gifts are and um, how they work in the church. And so, like I said, we don't have a lot of time this morning to do that, but I just want to hit on four main ideas about spiritual gifts and kind of and focus on that area there. Um, if you want to read a little bit more about spiritual gifts and what they are um, from the Bible, you can look at, again, uh, Romans chapter 12, where we're looking at this morning, but also 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4 kind of list all those spiritual gifts and what they are and how God has gifted um, different people in the church to do different things. So let me give you a quick definition of what spiritual gifts are, and then we'll, um, we'll talk a little bit more about you know, these principles that apply to our church with, regarding spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift simply is a supernatural ability to serve others in the church. It's a supernatural ability. That, it's a gift that God has given me um, to serve somewhere in the church. Now, we looked in Romans earlier in the, uh, in the book of Romans. We looked at um, how that we were saved by grace, and we talked a lot about grace and that as grace is salvation. You know, it's not something that I earn, but it's something that is given to me um, by God when we place our faith in Christ. And spiritual gifts are the same way. The Bible says that we receive our spiritual gifts by grace. It's not something that we deserve, but it's a gift that God gives us to serve other people. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Now, this, uh, this morning here, I have this uh, little box here, and as I think about the body of Christ and about the spiritual gifts, I kind of think about not only as a body, and then the Bible talks about how the, the, um, the church is a body and it has different parts, but I also think about the church as a tool. We are a tool. We are the tool that God uses to reach lost people in our community. And so when I'm thinking about tools, um, I got here this morning, and there was a brand new shop vac here. So I'm going to pull this out. Somebody went to um, Home Depot or somewhere and purchased this this week. And I thought about the church, you know, when I think about a tool, I think about this uh, shop vac here. And this shop vac is brand new, works, I'm assuming that it works really well, because <laughs> I haven't turned it on. Looks like nobody's turned it on, it's still wrapped up. But this vacuum cleaner is awesome vacuum cleaner because you can use this on a construction job to pick up like nails and debris and stuff like that. And you can also use it to pick up water. Don't try this at home with your vacuum cleaner to pick up water, but this one will. But, you know, as nice as this is, you know, like that by itself, it doesn't do any good if you don't take the hose and hook it up. You know, you got to hook this hose up to here. To me, I won't do that right now. But you got to hook that hose up, and that's in a part of that vacuum cleaner, and it works to help pick up stuff. And if you look in the box here, we have some other accessories. Mike, Mike was in the early service. He saw me bring this up, you know, and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm talking about a tool this morning. He's like, that's not a tool. That's a toy. He said, whenever a guy buys a tool, it's a toy too. And so this is kind of a toy tool. 
And so anyway, there's different parts that go into the hose, you know, and each one has a specific job. This one here is made to kind of vacuum big areas up like, you know, and you, and you use this to pick up dirt and stuff like that. And, and there's another, you know, there's some long hoses in here so you don't have to bend over. It makes your job a little easier. You know, and there's things like this. This is another accessory. You know, and this is for getting in corners. And trust me, you don't want to use, you don't want to get to a job site and use this to vacuum the whole floor up, right? Because that'll take you forever. And I've tried that before, you know. I'll get in there and that's all I have is a little corner tool. But this is made just for corners, you know, and you hook it up to this vacuum and it makes it more, um, you know, a better tool for getting into corners and stuff like that. And so the church is the same way in that the church has different parts and they all work together to accomplish a goal or do a job. And again, that, that, that um, purpose is to reach people. You know, that's our purpose statement, reaching people to discover life in Christ. And so God uses us, the church, as a tool to do that, to accomplish his purpose. And so each one of us has been gifted to do a different ministry somewhere in the church, and we all fit together to accomplish that purpose. Number two is each believer has been called to serve others with that gift. Each one of us has been called when you think about a calling, most of the times you think about the pastor. You know, the pastor has got a calling into the ministry. But Paul says in Galatians 1.15, But God had special plans for me and set me apart for his work. Even before I was born, he called me through his grace. Paul understood the whole concept of why God calls each one of us into salvation and into ministry. And that's to serve one another. God had a plan for me. Even before I was born, he was shaping me and creating me to serve somewhere. Just like this vacuum cleaner is a tool, you know, long before they ever sent this to the factory or put it in the box or before we ever bought it, someone was sitting down in a computer and they were figuring out how that tool would all, how everything, the motor would fit in there, the hoses would fit in there, they would all work together. Uh, uh, someone was designing that tool to do a specific job. And the same thing is true with you and I. God knew exactly before we were born what he wanted us to do in ministry, and he created us a certain way for that. Another important thing to think about when we think about being spiritually gifted is that each gifted believer should work together to make the church what it should be. In the other place that um, Paul talks about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 says, um, let's read this out loud together. A, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Verse 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. And 1 Peter, and 1 Peter chapter 4 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And so the whole reason that God gives us spiritual gifts, gives each believer a spiritual gift, is to serve one another in the church. And so that's why we say here at Nags Head Church that the primary place to use your spiritual gift is when the church comes together, whether that be on Sunday morning or Wednesday sometime or in your connection group or whether it be in the parking lot when we're doing trunk or treat. Whenever the church comes together, that's the primary place we use our spiritual gifts. Because again, the point of the spiritual gift is to serve one another and to help one another grow. And here's kind of how the plan works. 
I said that every company has a master plan. The Bible has a master plan for you and I. When we come to Christ, you know, there's someone that has helped us or shared the word with us or encouraged us to understand exactly who it is that we are and who it, who it is that um, Jesus is and how he died for us on the cross. That's where our faith walk starts is when we accept Christ as our Savior. In the earlier service, I intervie- interviewed um, a friend of mine. I told you, Jimmy Gradless, and he talked a little bit about how he was influenced when he first came um, and encouraged by someone greeting him at the front door, and the next week he came back. They remembered his name, and so he kept coming back. Even though he was nervous, it made him feel more comfortable uh, because they knew who he was when he came back the second time. And that was an encouragement for him to keep coming, and then he heard the gospel and got saved. Now he's involved in ministry, and so that's how it works. It's like a cycle. And now Jimmy is serving in the church, and he's helping me because he helps. he works with the tech team, and he's... Right now, Nick is doing that, but Jimmy also works back there, and he does the PowerPoint. That helps me do do my ministry as I'm standing up here and speaking with you, and it's like a big cycle. But the problem comes when someone doesn't do, like, like Don said, when someone else doesn't do their ministry, it hinders the work of the church. The process breaks down when someone doesn't do their part. The Bible clearly says that we need one another. I need you you need me to grow. And so when we don't find our place in ministry, when we don't find that place where God has spiritually gifted me, given me a supernatural ability to serve one another, when I don't find that place, then what I'm doing is I'm cheating other believers because other believers need my ministry. One other thing about spiritual gifts is that in spiritual gifts, enhance the person that I really am. Spiritual gifts enhance the person that I am. There are many different things that make up who we are. When we look at our personality, everyone has a different personality. Some people are quiet. Some people are outgoing and energetic. And I was watching, as I was sitting back there thinking about um, getting up here, getting ready to talk, I was watching the band play, you know, and uh, Nathan's up front, and he's energetic, you know, and he's singing, and he's leading us. But I was also watching George back here, you know. You barely even notice George, but he adds, when he plays his harmonica, he adds to the band, that aspect, and that's his part. Everybody has a different personality. Some people are outgoing. Some people are quiet and like to do things behind the scenes. Some people are competitive, and they like to compete at everything. And, and some people aren't. Some people just like to go along. So everyone has a different personality, and God understands how each one of us was created. Each one of us has a passion for something. We all have a passion, something that we're, we love to do. We love to work with kids, or some of us don't like to work with kids. Um, last Sunday, uh, last Saturday, I taught my, my Discovering Your Ministry class, and we had uh, Kit was in there. And we talked a little bit about what our passions were, what we love to do. And she says, I just love to work with kids and babies. So naturally, she works in the nursery. That's what she does. So each one of us has, has a passion. We also have different talents. Every one of us has different talents that we can put into um, using our spiritual gifts, along with our spiritual gifts, to serve the church. Now, I know what you're doing because I've sat there before where you are, and you're starting to think, people that aren't involved in ministry, they're starting to think about excuses. The people that already have a ministry, they're not doing that. They're trying to think about people that, um, the potential of people to serve in the ministry where they are, and they're getting excited about that. 
but people that aren't involved in ministry, because I, like I say, I've been out there and I've made all the excuses in my head. And I thought, well, you know, I, I can't do that because of this, or I can't do that. And so you're starting to think about excuses. And let me talk a little bit about some excuses that people give for not getting involved in ministry or not using their spiritual gift. And the number one thing that pe- the number one excuse people say that I can't get involved in ministry at Nags Head Church is time. I don't have enough time. People say, you know, there's no, I would get involved in ministry, but I'm just too busy. And you know what? You probably are. You're probably too busy to get involved in ministry. Getting involved in ministry and using my spiritual gifts simply means that I'm going to have to give up some time somewhere. Whether it be sleep on Sunday morning, I'm going to have to give up some of my sleep to be here early and serve, or I'm going to have to give up a hobby. I'm going to have to give up something to serve God somewhere. So that's the number one excuse. I don't have enough time. What that goes along with that is family. You know, all my free time I need to give to my family. Um, you know, I work all week, and I would feel guilty if I have to um, leave my family and come and do ministry. Um, then come and bring your family and let your family serve with you. We have a lot of families in our church that do ministry together, just like Don and Frank work together. Um, we have people at the kiosk that check in kids on Sunday mornings together. Uh, there's a lot of team, a lot of families that work together in ministry. If that's one of your excuses, then don't use your family as an excuse, but get involved with your family and serve with them together in the church somewhere. Another um, big one, another big excuse why people don't get involved in ministry is, uh, number, is they've had bad experiences somewhere. You know, I hear, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I used to be on the so-and-so team, and, um, you know, I really like doing that. But then someone said something to me that I didn't like, and, you know, I'm not doing that again. You know, that's not what church is all about. And, and you know, they always get, you know, there's some kind of bad experience that keeps people from serving in church somewhere. Everyone's had a different um, situation come up. You know, someone offended them or someone didn't like the way they were doing their ministry and they criticized me, and, and I'm just not going to do that. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. I'm not doing that anymore. Well, let me tell you, I've been coming to Nags Head Church for 33 years. Matter of fact, next month will be um, an anniversary of the first time I came to Nags Head Church. I've been coming to Nags Head Church longer than anybody else except for one person, and that's my wife, Sandra. And so we've been coming to this church longer than anybody else that's involved in Nags Head Church. We've been involved here 33 years. And in that time... We've seen backbiting, gossip, lying, selfish attitudes, self-centered attitudes, stinginess. And I still say, take your kids to the nursery, no matter what. Some of y'all got that. Y'all were real slow. The last service was real slow. They didn't get it either. No, that doesn't just happen in the nursery. It happens in any church. The same things happen. I've been in Ag's Head Church. I've had people that give me dirty looks. I've had people that criticize me. You know, hey, I just say, I'm, I'm going to use Rick's attitude. Hey, just get over it, okay? The Bible has, seriously though, we're not perfect people. You know, we're sinners just like everyone else. We're not perfect in the church, but we are trying. You know, if you've been in ministry someplace and you had a bad experience, someone has um, offended you, you know, there's... There's a process, again, a plan in the Bible to deal with that. And it's called Matthew chapter 18, where Jesus said, go to that person and tell them, 
hey, what you did offended me. A lot of times people uh, have bad experiences and, and someone offends them or sins against them or does something, said something they don't like, and that person may not even know that they offended you. And that's why Matthew chapter 18 is there, so that we can go to each other and take care of those things. And so don't use bad experiences. I had a bad experience someplace in ministry as an excuse not to serve God someplace. We're people, people are people, we all mess up. That's what forgiveness is all about. So don't use bad experience um, as an excuse to not serve God. Number four, another um, thing that people um, tell me a lot, of, you know, I just can't do anything. I don't, I don't have any skills or anything like that. And, well, that's just baloney. Everybody can do something in the church because the Bible clearly says that everyone has been gifted to do something. And so don't say you don't have any skills or anything you can do. Um, lastly, but not leastly, is laziness. Some people are just lazy, okay? And sometimes it just feels good to be lazy. I like to be lazy every now and then. And so people use that as an excuse, you know? And, I, and you can see this in their face when you, when you start talking to people. Hey, you know, you, you look like you would, you know, be a good person to be on the cleaning team, you know? I think you could do that, or I think you could be on the counting team or something like that, you know? And you start getting this. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I'll think about that and let you know, you know. That, that's, that's just, you know, laziness. That's all it is. And the Bible says, don't be lazy. We'll look at that verse in just a minute. But sometimes that's just an excuse why people don't get involved is because they're lazy. All right. This is one of the things I was thinking about this week, too. You know, there's a little saying that goes around church, you know, that God created me and I know I'm worth something because God don't create no junk, right? Well, the same thing is true about spiritual gifts. God doesn't give away junk gifts, okay? And so every believer has been spiritually gifted to do something in the church, and God doesn't give away bad gifts, all right? Paul says in, um, look at verse 9, Romans 12, 9, Paul goes on to say about, um, after he talks about spiritual gifts, he says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affections and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Number five, serving others must be motivated by love. Must be motivated by love. Now, this morning, you're thinking, you're probably thinking to yourself, hey, that's kind of hypocritical because, Tom, you're up there, you're giving me the guilt trip. You know, you're telling me that uh, I'm, if I'm not doing my part, if I'm not serving, I'm not doing my part, and you're throwing the guilt thing on me. Um, yeah, that goes back to that Hebrews chapter 10 verse where it says to think of ways to encourage you. That's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to give you a guilt trip. Don't serve out of guilt. Paul says the best way, the best motivative to serve other people, motive to serve other people is love. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. That, um, that chapter there in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, it's always read at weddings. I go to probably anywhere between 10 and 20 weddings a year. And, people, and they always read that love, the love chapter at the weddings, you know, chapter 13. And that's a great chapter to learn about love. But Paul writes that whole chapter, chapter 13, and he spells out what love is. And he, he does that all in the context of spiritual gifts and how we serve one another. 
And the whole point is, this is what love is. This is what should motivate you to serve one another in the church. Number six, the power to do ministry comes from God, not from my own strengths. Not from my own strengths. You know, as neat as this little tool is, this vacuum cleaner and all the neat accessories it does to help you do different jobs, if you don't take this little plug here and plug it into the wall, it's worthless. And so that's the way it is with our spiritual gifts and with our ministry. The power has to come from God as he works in us and through us to do what it is he's created us to do. And that's exactly what spiritual gifts is all about, is him empowering me to serve other people in the church. And when that happens, when I use that spiritual gift to serve other people, and when other people use that spiritual gift to, me, to, to serve me, we all begin to grow. There's a process there where we all begin to grow. And we also all learn to love one another. That's the whole idea of the plan, is that we all learn to love each other. John chapter 13, Jesus said, I give you a new command. Love each other. You must love each other as I have loved you. All people will know that you are my followers if you have love for one another. So if we don't learn how to do ministry, if we don't learn how to use our spiritual gifts, if we don't learn how to love one another in here, then we can't effectively do it out there. The whole plan is that we learn to love one another and how to learn people, love people here in the church, and then we go out and spread it throughout our community. God, in his grace, supernaturally empowers us to become different. At Salvation, we talked to, when we, one of the guys that was in our class last week, we talked about this whole idea of a spiritual gift being a supernatural ability. And the same thing is true when we get saved, when we come to Christ, we get grace, we receive that grace. It's the same thing that happens in my heart, in my life, as God supernaturally allows me to overcome sin in my life or over, uh, allows me to overcome unforgiveness. He teaches me how to do that. The same thing is true with our spiritual gifts. God helps us to use them by his grace. Naturally, I am self-preserving. I look out for me, number one. But Paul says, don't do that. Paul says, honor others and look how you can, look how you can honor other people and build them up. I am naturally lazy. You know, everybody likes to be lazy and just kind of laze around and rest whenever they want to. But Paul says, work hard enthusiastically for the Lord. From time to time, we all become discouraged. We're prone to discouragement. But Paul says, rejoice in your hope. We all become impatient. If you've ever been involved with ministry in the church anywhere, it's easily easy to become impatient. But Paul says, be patient and pray. And we can all be self-centered and greedy. But Paul says, instead of being self-centered and greedy, use your spiritual gift to serve other people to meet their needs and also to be hospitable. You might be thinking today, this morning, you know, okay, here's what spiritual gifts are. Here's what ministry is. But where do I fit into the body? Where do I fit into Nagshead, the body of Nagshead Church? And um, I want to ask you this morning, if you would, Today, start praying, and do. And if you would, just pray this prayer each day this week. As we lead up into our ministry fair next week, Nathan mentioned we're going to have a ministry fair next week. Next week, we'll have um, some tables set up here, and we'll have people that are on different ministry teams telling you what they do and how they do it 
and how they love to do different things. And there'll be um, all the different areas of our church where you can serve. You can take a look at those and, and ask in-depth questions. Out here on our information um, center, there's some, a list of our, spirit, of our teams, our uh, ministry teams. You can take that home and just kind of start thinking about that and say, hey, this one might be good for me or I, I, you know, I might be interested in that, but I don't know what it is. That's the purpose of next week. Come with that list, and if you're not involved in the ministry team, and take a look um, at some of the things that we do here. But this week, I want to ask you if you would do this. Begin praying. Where is it has God spiritually gifted me to serve Nags Head Church? Where is it he wants me to serve in ministry? If you would, pray that this week. Also pray this week, if you would, each day. God, help me to see in the area where you want me to use my spiritual gift at Nags Head Church. Or if, you're, if you've been coming here for a while, you know, you're just checking us out, you're a guest, um, I would ask you to pray this prayer. You don't hear this in church a lot, but if you would just ask yourself, hey, and start praying, God, is this where you want me at, at Nags Head Church? Is this the church you want me in? If not, we encourage people, hey, find another church where you can get involved. If this is not the one, then find somewhere that you can get involved in church and serve. But our goal here is to help you work, help you to find your place in ministry and where you fit in the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning, and I thank you, first of all, for um, what you give to us as we think about the spiritual gifts and how that, through your grace, Father, nothing, nothing that we did that we deserve, you gifted us to serve you someplace. God, even before we were born, you created us to serve you somewhere. Father, I pray for um, the people that may be um, thinking about um, serving you here at Nags Head Church. If this is the place you want them, I pray, God, that you would lay that on their heart. Father, for people that may be searching for a ministry and haven't really found out um, where they are a 10 at yet, I pray that you would help them um, figure that out this week. And, and Father, I pray that you would help them as they search that out. Father, I pray for um, Rick as he's away and um, is preaching somewhere in another church and sharing your word. I just pray for him as he's gone and bring him back safe to us. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.